to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh. We have a very special guest, a friend of mine. His name's Darian, coming in to fill in for our regular co-host, Blake. And uh, we're going to be chatting all about the latest Bad Batch episode, episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. This is the episode which we return to the story arc that uh, we saw in the previous episode with Cham Syndulla being captured. And it's about Hera uh, going after the Bad Batch for help, uh, a plea for help to try and rescue her family. So, very good episode. Lots to talk about. Lots of what ifs. Let's get into it with Darian. Another happy landing. All right, what's going on, my man? How's it going, Josh? Good, good. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good, good. I'm super pumped to be here. I've been a decently long-time listener of the show, so I'm excited to get my voice on here. It's about time, so yeah. here we go. Yeah, it's a huge honor, man. I've been looking forward to uh, getting you on here at some point. It's a long time coming, so perfect opportunity, filling in for for Blake while he's away, and uh, we're definitely going to do something later on as well. Yeah, I just got to remember to say God of Blast when I leave, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we got uh, this uh, insane second parter. I feel like this is the, the, the first time that we actually get an actual arc in this show, which is something that I've actually wanted for a while now. I, I was talking about a lot in the past, and I was like, yeah, something that was so great about Clone Wars was that they did these these little story arcs, and now, uh, you know, I, it just felt a little... I don't know, a little too much like Rebels for my taste with the individual single episodic stories going on. I like having these two, three-parter, I don't know, story arcs, right? Like, it's just, you can get more in-depth with what's going on. Yeah, true. I don't know, is that, is that your take on it as well? or like? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I'm working through Clone Wars again, and that's what you definitely, when you have a couple episodes to go through an arc, you... I don't know, get a lot more content and you get into the story a bit more rather than some episodes that almost seem like they're fillers. And right. I don't know, they have to do something, they get a mission, it gets resolved and the Bad Batch leaves and on to the next. And that's not exactly what we've seen here, but we're looking for more. So yeah, yeah. I just, I, I like when we can dive more into stories rather than just 20 minutes of nothing. Yeah, yeah, it feels more cinematic when you have a, a few episodes to go through. Yeah, I see you got your R2-D2 mug there. That's very nice touch. Yeah, also a Disneyland <laughs> find, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, I rewatched the episode today. It's been it's been a couple days uh, since this episode came out. I know you watched it again recently as well. So we both got a couple things that we kind of noticed and and this and that. Um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just start off by saying the empire is just straight up lying to the people of Ryloth about Freetaw's death and he's trying to blame it on Cham. And I, I like how this kind of carries over from the last episode because uh, they're more or less just, you know, right away just getting into how much of a lying system the empire really is I mean, to the people that it protects, you know, and, uh, I, that's that's the first thing I noticed, at least when I was watching. I was like, oh, I like this. This is this is good. Yeah, it seems like we've seen it before in Star Wars too, and also just I don't know. That's like a classic movie thing too to have this like lying scene, especially with. Um, actually, go on to your next point, and I'll uh, I'll bring us back to what I was going to say. Sure. Yeah. No. It's it, what I found so interesting about it is that you know it, you take the Republic and and it it slowly starts to kind of do this helix twist right into this evil thing, 
and it's it's such a uh, um, it, it becomes such a normal thing for the empire to just stab its own people in the back with whatever selfish reasons that you know they deem you know correct in their opinion right. right and so for them to get rid of their the ryloth senator for them is like uh oh, whatever we don't need him you know ryloth backwater planet we're just using this planet to mine some stuff like do our jobs as the empire does we don't care about the people anymore like that's kind of their their opinion on the matter and the ryloth people like the twi'leks have never had a good a good time like they're never uh not being oppressed or in slavery or in chains or you know it's it's it's, it's terrible and Dude, maybe yeah. i missed it from the last episode um but did the senator actually um he said he was healing i think that's he yeah was, that's another thing that they were just totally bsing about like, yeah because he just, just got shot and killed last episode didn't yeah they? <laughs> like okay. shot through the head or the neck or something yeah. yeah and i'm like man of course they're gonna pull some sort of like don't worry he's gonna get better everyone but just so you know cham the guy that you all look up to as your hero he's the bad guy he's the one that pulled this assassination attempt and you know in actual fact it's just the empire killing one of their own people right Um, so it's classic classic move yeah (laughs) um this episode we finally got to see a probe droid i thought that was pretty neat um i know We've seen some proto probe droids before. I know Blake had noticed one in one of the previous episodes, one of the interrogation droids, like a like a prior model to that. So it's cool to yeah. see the technology of the Empire advancing as well. Um, I'm kind of curious as to when we'll start to see like ships and vehicles that that we recognize from shows like Rebels and you know the original trilogy and such, Tie Fighters. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, I guess, going forward, you know, seeing this evolution uh, of uh, of Clone Wars transition into that that new era. Um, I liked how with that probe droid, too, I, I believe I could be wrong, but um, I think it's uh, was it Hunter that claimed that now the Empire is going to know where they are. Uh, that not that a similar line to what we saw in one of the older movies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, in, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, as soon as they destroy the probe droid, they're already aware that it's a, it's a live transmission. Whatever that thing sees, it just right. records and transmits. So, yeah, it's it's cool that they acknowledge that scene and, and they're like, hey, we got to get out of here. Like, even though we killed it, it's like they... They know that it's we're, too late kind of thing. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah. It's seen us, right? Um, so, yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, I can appreciate that. This show and The Mandalorian, too, that would always pay respects to the oh yeah, the first three Star Wars or the first three that were created and yep. even the prequels and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you know, any piece of Star Wars that tends to honor the stuff that George Lucas has done tends to be very successful. I mean, in, in my own opinion, I, I just... I've, I've tended to like those things a little more, uh, the things that tries to root themselves in the saga that, you know, the six film saga, at least. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, even even the spinoff films, I mean, like Rogue One, Solo, uh, I thought that the, the way that they placed it in the timeline and, you know, really tried to integrate it was just pulled off so nicely. And, uh, you know, and I, I brought it up before on on this show but the appearance of maul at the end of solo was just such a great touch uh you know to a movie that you just do not expect it at all but the mentality that they go into it with is like oh yeah this is a character that would exist in this time he's doing what he does in this time uh you know why not right and and we don't care if people haven't seen the animated shows or whatever we're just gonna put him in there because it makes sense to the lore and to the story and when they do that in these animated shows and in Mandalorian stuff, that's the stuff that I want to see. It's like, it's like, man, like that's, uh, you know, I don't know. The term, I don't know, fan servicing just really isn't kind of doing it justice for me when I talk about it like that. It's more like this is how you tell a interwoven saga story, like and how you do it correctly kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a good example is what I would call it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So uh, did you have anything on your list? You uh 
No, yeah. I got a few more things here, but let's I mean, start um, going through some some games. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was like Hauser. Um, yeah, I'm, when he like, I think by the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, I think he's good. We'll say like I don't mm-hmm. think he has bad intentions, but I feel like I don't know in past Star Wars fashion or as like an evil character for when he was trying to get like the location of Hera, for example, um, when her parents were in like the cell. I was like, I wonder if he wanted those that information to like find her and like capture her too, or actually help her. Mm-hmm. So, I guess this leads into the conversation of like, what's up with him? How is he yeah. able to basically go against Order sixty six um, and him, and also part of his squad? As we saw, they a couple of them laid down their guns. So I thought mm-hmm. they have chips. So do you have any? intel into that yeah you know uh, that was kind of the next thing i I was was actually on my notes here but so i'm glad you brought it up so hauser he's he's interesting because because hauser um is the first clone in this entire show that we've seen aside from clone force 99 who seems to have not been affected by his inhibitor chip which is is odd right it's very obscure and uh we know that uh, at least according to the Bad Batch, that that no form of Order 66 took place on the planet because there was no Jedi general at the time. And in the Clone Wars, uh, the last episode, I believe, that uh, that has a Jedi on the planet still is perhaps one that actually ends up dying. I forget I forget the name of the guy, but he was he was a uh, um, alien um uh, a weak way Jedi, I believe, or or a Nikto or something, and uh, he he just fought to his last breath, and you know got shot in the chest a couple times, and went down with his captain, and he let the Twi'lek people and Cham and and Gobi get you know get away and everything, uh, and and I think that was the last episode. If that wasn't the last one, then it was when Mace Windu is on the planet uh, trying to liberate um, uh, the uh, the city of Lesu, which is uh, right. it's actually when this episode starts. Is the city that we see on Ryla? Uh, I think I think it's called Lesu, which is basically the the capital city. I find it ironic that you know Cham fights so hard to recapture this city in in the Clone Wars, and now he's being held captive by his own allies. And it just flashes right. back to those moments that he has with Mace Windu. He says, "How long before I'm fighting you, Master Jedi?" Now yeah. he's not necessarily fighting the Jedi, but he's fighting their allies, which are the clones. And right. uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing because like Hauser. You know, he didn't have any Jedi to execute, so maybe the order wasn't given, and maybe his his. Uh, there's a couple of things here, so maybe his inhibitor chip never needed to be activated because there was no Jedi. He was just fighting with Cham Syndulla, and that's it, right? Um, so either it wasn't activated, maybe it failed and broke. You know, these things happen, right? Uh, or perhaps at some point. You know, even if it was activated, maybe he was able to overcome it with trusting uh, Cham or something. Who knows, right? Like maybe there was a moment where it activated and he just snapped out of it because of maybe a sense of loyalty or whatever. And uh, when he says what he says to his brothers in arms and stuff, they actually do follow some of them, at least like they do toss their guns down, follow his word because they trust him. Right. And, right. you know, they all, they all get arrested for it. But, you know, the idea that that can happen, I was like, that's interesting. This is very interesting. It might actually prove to be a means to an end for the clone production. You know, maybe this is why, right? They stop making them. It's like it could it could also like unlikely, but it could also be foreshadowing, which is something we can talk about later. But um, foreshadowing crosshair potentially yeah. turning back. Yeah, we'll say. But I guess. Going back to Order 66, was it an order to destroy the Jedi or was it an order to fight for the Empire? It's yeah, it was it was an order to destroy the Jedi. Um, but what I've noticed, which is very odd about these clones that have had the chips activated is they just don't seem like in their right mind anymore. A lot of them. And and so it, it does, in a way, change their entire behavior and it makes me wonder, at least, if this order not only is to execute the Jedi, but additionally to uh, kind of 
change their loyalty in a way or change their uh uh almost their their influence over each other maybe yeah. there's just a little more kind of like gray kind of autopilot drone mode going on up there or something who knows mm-hmm. like it's it's a weird the brain's a weird thing and yeah it's like a weird they, <laughs> some of them now have like morals and ethics yeah yeah uh, like, and like can have a mind of their own but it's almost like maybe because there isn't jedi involved in this they are able to be like normal clones we'll say whereas right. if there was like a jedi on ryloth maybe they'd be like doing whatever it takes just to take him down i don't know yeah yeah you know it's i find it i find it really strange because we've seen so many times in the clone wars when the clones were these protagonists and uh you know they would help people and some of them were a little more grumpy than others and but you know they were there for these people that they didn't know and they, they were doing what they were bred for right and in this show we see them kind of making checkpoints and checking people's uh uh chain codes and this and that and you know they're so just more rigid and a lot less approachable and and they just seem a little more off you know and right. and that's why it kind of at least to me that's why the order 66 thing kind of is the only thing that makes sense for that behavior. Like once the chip activates, maybe that's what they do. Like they're just a little more drone like and uh, more kind of uh, loyal to the people that gave them that command, which would be the empire in this case. But then Hauser is just, he reminds you of the clones from the clone wars where they're very much independent free thinkers that just do what they feel is right and as a soldier right and and uh he seems to have retained that identity somehow uh so it it could be a a very interesting story going forward because so many numerous things could happen i mean uh everything down to even a a toxin that that relieves them of the inhibitor chip itself right like anything anything any kind of uh, any kind of thing that would basically make the clones ineffective for the Empire to use could be the reason why they stopped making them in the first place. And we know it's going to happen. So it's just a matter of like, why does it happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think um, we'll see more of Hauser in the in the coming episodes of The Bad Batch? Or do you think he's going to be more, uh, I don't know, he's going to be in prison and we're not going to see him anymore? Yeah, you know, it's, I think, I think there's a story there, you know, like there's, they didn't just introduce this character, I think, to be a, a throwaway sacrifice. And um, I, I'm, I'm convinced we'll see him again somehow. Uh, and uh, uh, this might actually feed into like what you brought up about Crosshair, because there's two possibilities with Crosshair. It's like either he gets redeemed or, you know, he he, you know, goes all the way through to dying in his uh in his uh, uh corrupted ways from from the inhibitor chip right yeah and you know it there's some of me wants that to happen in a way just because we've seen so many redemption stories in star wars that it's like it would not surprise me if he just turned back but at the same time it's like i would be okay with it um because it's star wars and that's what it's all about so <laughs> you know i'm i'm like is neither one is going to tick me off or anything but but it would be a surprise if they did kind of pull a, a very solid attempt at you know driving him into being this villain and then killing him that way you know uh, yes. I, don't, I don't know if you did you look into the original colin trevorrow episode nine script before they rewrote the movie no no i didn't so one of the plot lines for that movie was uh never it was never to bring palpatine back uh it was to take kylo ren and make him what he always wanted to be as just this villain and it wasn't supposed to be a repeat of the vader story it was supposed to be a a very new thing where where this person was so enamored by becoming this dark side person this dark side warrior that that's what he achieves and he dies that way right so there was no redemption for kylo ren and and i think a lot of people may have not liked that uh but you know it didn't bother me when i read about it i was like this is it's something new right And, and like i like things that are new um to star wars because when i see something new that hasn't been done before 
it tends to just feel good like when i watch it you know like like it, it could be weird stuff like there's some weird stuff in clone wars that you know with mortis and this and that and uh and i loved every second of it and like i, I can't really explain why other than the fact that i was just enamored by how much of a not repeat story it was and it was just something that i was like oh what's gonna happen next like i genuinely don't know and uh you know it's too bad that we didn't get that movie because uh, you know i i think it would have been pretty good but was that script um created after episode eight or was that like yeah okay yeah yeah so from the beginning of planning the sequels if you if you want to call it a plan uh, they they had uh hired colin trevorrow to do episode nine before before uh uh well before carrie fisher died and and also before episode eight came out the way it did and you know, critics reacted the way they did and fans reacted the way they did. Uh, so uh, they had this this script that was almost doomed to fail because no, they no longer had Princess Leia. They no longer had who was a very big part of that that script for the final movie. And uh, they also no longer had this uh, respect for the trajectory of the story that they were headed in. So, you know, they basically pulled 180 and Colin Trevorrow left and they brought in JJ to uh, come back and and just kind of pull something out of his rear end to right. make the series work. <laughs> uh, but there would have been some really cool stuff in that original Colin Trevorrow script. And they went as far as doing concept artwork and, and uh, you know, I've seen some of these designs and cause they were leaked online and uh, I don't know, some of them at this point might be in the rise of Skywalker art of book. Uh, but uh, reasons to look in that book for sure it's it's some some interesting interesting stuff the, one of the one of the things that makes the art of episode seven book so interesting is that it has designs of george lucas's version of episode seven which is really fascinating because that's like where that trilogy would have gone you know where at least where i would have loved to have seen it gone right and uh you know another non-existent film or series of films that we just didn't get uh, how much so, uh, how much detail of his um, ideal episode seven is there in that book? Uh, like, there's like in, in like the in Force Awakens, like how much of George's no, episode like, seven like in that? the book that you were just saying that like oh, oh yeah. uh, not a lot. It's not okay. it's not like a crazy amount. It's it's uh, I don't know maybe a couple pages worth out of the whole thing, but right. not nothing crazy. Yeah, like you can look it up on Google Images uh, as original episode seven designs for George Lucas's script. And you, you know, you'll get like between eight to 15 different concept arts coming up and they're, they're pretty interesting. It would have been, um, Sam and Kira would have been the main characters of the movie. And, you know, they're between 14 and, and, uh, uh, 16 or something like that. And yeah, it would have been, it would have been interesting to say the least. And yeah. Luke Skywalker would have been, a little more involved and uh but yeah so I mean, anyway it could, it, could, it could have been internet garbage but i also read that jj abrams had different ideas for um um episode nine i guess but wasn't allowed to to do them like for example like uh kylo and ray like wouldn't have had a relationship and stuff like that yeah he had like a whole different story but yeah yeah interesting how yeah. things actually play out I think yeah, totally. I mean, in the in the movie world, it's just there's so many people to please. I mean, like every producer and every CEO, and you know, it's a big corporation, and and then you got the fans, and then you got the the consistent story to try and make sense of it. Everything like he had a massive amount of uh, like I tend to rip on JJ quite a bit, and I don't know, I I do like <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of his Star Wars movies, but uh, Mission Impossible Three is is probably one of my favorite movies of, of that. It's one of, it's probably my favorite movie of that entire series. And, uh, and that was a movie that he did do. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving him credit for that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got some good stuff out there. It's just, sure. uh, it's just, he, he had a big task on his, on his plate for, for star Wars. And I don't know if he was able to fully please everyone, but you know, it's no fault of his. Right. Um, but yeah, so bad batch, um, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for, for crosshair, I just want—I want to hear what you think. What, like, what do you, what do you well, think is going to happen? I think one thing that might be worth maybe even us watching together here is um, a friend and I both noticed right at the end of the episode um, where is it Lampart um, yeah. gives him the order like, right. okay, you can hunt them down. Um, yeah. 
the look on Crosshair's face is almost like confused and then like a grin. Like it's almost like his chip is yeah. like, it's like, I don't know. It's maybe, like, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like he thinks about like, he almost looks sad. Yeah. 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 It's almost like he doesn't really know what to do at first. And then it kind of, then he kind of maybe switches back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, um, yeah. Like, what do you think of that? Especially um, like, I'm just rewatching it now. The scenes like, because they focus on that scene for so long, it's almost like they want you to pick up on that. It's not like it's just like a quick, like glance, like grin episode roll credits. Right. So I don't know, maybe it could be, I think it could be maybe foreshadowing also that like he could switch back, but I also think that maybe be too easy for star Wars. Like, yeah, that's like almost maybe the most like logical thing would be like, he just turns back and everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it too. It's just, it's confusing. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It gives you a lot to try and read into for sure. Um, but I mean, ultimately, would you like to see this character redeemed or are you kind of also like, yeah, you wouldn't have a problem with him just, you know, dying a villain kind of thing. I think I'd almost be more satisfied with him with the bad batch taking out his chip, like yeah. somehow like knocking okay. him out or something. And then like taking the chip out. Yeah. I think him like turning good again would be too easy and mm-hmm. like not satisfying enough for me. But I also don't know if I want to just see him die. Like, I don't think they would do that. Right. Um, unless you can think of another example within star Wars where they've killed off a character like that. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't like know. a, like a, like a villain that's turned back and then, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, it's almost that's... like, uh, I guess not like Kylo Ren. Cause he kind of like Maybe. goes back and forth and then dies. General, General Hux. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but although for him, it wasn't so much of a redeeming moment. It was more just like, I'm trying to screw this guy over and I yeah. care less about him than I do about you. So yeah. go on and help me out by doing that. And then he just gets shot. That was right. kind of a funny, a funny part of that. <laughs> yeah. I'll go give him that. that just, man, when I saw that, I just shook my head. I was like, oh, man, like, right. I mean, it, it was unexpected, but. I, did, I also feel like they built up this character to be so much more. And then they were like, I don't know what to do with this character anymore. Let's just kill him off. And yeah. We can say the same thing with like Snoke. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Uh, but yeah, like I, you know, I'd be, I'd be down with that too. Like um, I could even then picture, picture them doing something like he, uh, I don't know, maybe he even overcomes his own chip somehow. Maybe this plays into the Hauser situation, whatever, however that works out. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, maybe he ends up, you know, pulling a Vader and, you know, gets, gets his redeeming moment by rescuing his friends one last time or something. And then you know, gets the cap or whatever. Do you uh, think that'll be like, I think, what, what are we have four more episodes left? Yeah. Roughly, it's not very maybe. many. It's not very many. For, like, do you this think this big one, right? like climax is going to be, um, something to do with crosshair and his, I don't know lives or dies or do you think it's gonna have something to do with omega yeah that's that's a good question actually almost forgot about her yeah uh, yeah, yeah you know i guess i guess omega is kind of the the center point of a lot of what's going on uh i mean i guess i guess the story does detour away from that quite a lot but but yeah it makes me wonder though if maybe they will play into that somehow um like yeah, I just feel I, like there's unanswered questions with Omega yeah. and they haven't just, I don't know, concluded. Yeah, maybe, sure. maybe it'll lead to a season two. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think there's just so many ways, like this episode is good, but the, definitely there's so many ways the story could go. I'm just, what do we know? The, it's called Infestation. Is that the next yeah, the next title, the next one's uh, called Infested, and then the one Infested. after will be called War Mantle. So, okay, uh, so we don't really. It's not yeah. like Rescue on Ryloth, where it literally says what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. It's it's a little more obscure. So I don't know. I I can imagine them picking up where this one even left off, and and have this one carry because there's only four episodes left, like you say. So it, it could be directly, I don't think we're going to waste any time with what's going to happen. You know, Crosshair could be going right after them and, um, or, or it could do a total sideline story again 
and we get right back into the Omega thing. Because, yeah, there really isn't a lot of time left in this first season. And I feel like to do anything with the main plot, like they got to start doing it now <laughs> to, to try and finish stuff up, I guess. Uh, I'm still hoping on this Boba Fett showing up ordeal, Cad Bane, all that stuff. I'm still hoping for that. You know, whether it comes in this season or the next, I can be patient. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. What are your thoughts on that one? Because, you know, um, I, I don't think I chatted to you about that episode. No. Like, Yeah, I, I love seeing Cad Bane again. I thought it was like borderline. Like, I like cheesy, um, but like with like the Western music and stuff. And yeah, like, so I, I find his voice. Yeah, like it's so oh, okay. good. Like it, it's cheesy, but it's good. Um, yeah. And I just love the character. Um. So I'm, yeah, I'll be, I'm excited to see him maybe come back. Yeah. Maybe like him and a couple other bounty hunters like Fennec Shen, like they all kind of come back at the same time and they have a duel yeah. of their own. Maybe that's what our, we'll see in on the fourth episode from now. Right. Speaking of um, cheesiness, what I wanted to bring up before was like, uh, it's like 19 minutes in and all the ships are leaving to go to the refinery, I guess, to protect it. And Crosshair's like, no, like that's not their plan. I just feel like that's also like kind of like cheesy. It's like it's cheesy, and we've seen it in like every second evil villain movie, like where like just one person remembers, or like yeah, it's like I so typical. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And we see, I that, know, we see just... that a lot in the series, but I don't. know. I like it. Yeah, and I yeah. love like the like. I remember in high school, at least we called it like angry boat sound effects, like in movie trailers, like when you hear like that like horn sound, mm-hmm. and every time we see like crosshair does. I love like the music sound effects in this. Yeah, it's so intense. It's, it's, yeah, they've, they've done a good job of making him very evil. Yeah, they they have. Yeah, and and you know from the get go, he's always been portrayed as this quieter, kind of sly voice that's very, uh, I don't know, just mysterious. He's a mysterious guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, very different than the rest of them. Awkwardly social kind of thing. You know, that's that's his that's his personality. Uh, keeps to himself quite a bit and he's on the disney plus icon he's like the is he the first one on the on the tile or is that or is that echo can't remember now i'm just looking at it yeah that's him yeah so he's like front and center on the on the icon on on disney plus so i'm I'm, quite frankly i'm a little surprised that we just haven't seen more of him so maybe you're right maybe like at some point he gets his redeeming moment comes back into the full cast and, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what happens from there. Like, but, uh, it'd be interesting. We obviously don't know. I feel like a lot of um, the decision on if there will be a season two depends on numbers. Because yeah. realistically, this all comes down to, like, money in the end. Um, yeah. I'd yeah, be interesting totally. to know, like, what their numbers are. Because, like, if there is going to be a season two, I think they would go the route of Crosshair turning good so they can actually use him with the Bad Batch next season. Mm-hmm. Whereas if maybe the the numbers aren't so good, they would maybe kill off Crosshair or end the story somehow. Yeah, like maybe, yeah. and and maybe you being in like the industry, maybe you would know if they would have to make that decision earlier on. Like maybe they they've made this first season without knowing if they're going to make a second season. Yeah, right? I don't know. It's it's possible. It's possible they they decided halfway through and was like, oh well this is going to be a hit or whatever, you know? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on at, uh, I mean, we know that, uh, we're getting book of Boba Fett later this year. Uh, right. we got Matt Mando season three coming out next year, as well as, uh, um, I think one of the other shows is coming out then as well. Kenobi, uh, or Andor. I think it's Andor. Andor maybe. Yeah. So yeah. So there's all like Kenobi's filming right now, or maybe it's, wrapping uh andor was also filming more recently and uh mando season three just started filming i think it was on this past monday or maybe it's next monday but it's it's awesome. it's busy like yeah so dave is a busy busy guy uh and uh you know i would not be surprised if if maybe they were like yeah let's do one more season to kind of finish the story and then do something else on the other hand i could see this kind of being an ongoing thing like maybe this is just going to be their their next animated series for four seasons or six seasons or whatever ends up being and and you know because maybe they're like this is where you know a lot of the younger star wars fans kind of 
are able to exist on Disney Plus. And True. Uh, yeah, who knows? Right. I mean, I, I don't know how many parents out there are showing their their six, seven year old kid Mandalorian. But I mean, you know, I, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I mean, right? that, I'm, that I'm not point, a parent. So. <laughs> yeah. That point also even brings up the existence of Omega. Like maybe we're yeah. all thinking about it too much and it could just be as simple as hey, here's a kid that other kids can relate to. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And, you know, I, I say this a lot in reference to what Dave Filoni has said about what George Lucas has said to him when he was making Clone Wars. And he said to make all these shows uh, hopeful because kids need that. And, you know, it's always kind of... Star Wars is for kids, you know, it's, de- it's designed for kids. And, you know there's a wide range of what a kid is considered to be. I mean, it could be anywhere between the ages of three and, and 17 or something. Right. So it's a, it's a wide gap of, 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 uh, right. Of yeah. When, when George first described what Clone Wars was going to be on, I think it was, uh, it was one of the talk shows. It was prior to, it was after revenge of the Sith came out and before Clone Wars launched in the theater. And he described it as a show that would be for, 13 year olds, like PG 13 style kind of thing. And when it came out, it was like, wow, this is great. Like, you know, violence was pretty Star Wars-y, you know, like yeah. it didn't feel like it was toned down at all. And, you know, Rebels on the other hand, significantly was toned down quite a bit. Like it was easily for kids between ages eight and, or even seven and 12 or something like that. And so they, they took a back step a little bit cause they had to abide by Disney XD, you know, rules on TV. Uh, of course now with streaming services, they don't really have any of those restrictions. So they can kind of just pick their poison, design a show for whatever demographic they want. And, you know, maybe they're looking at these live action shows going like, this is for the older fans. And, you know, they're looking at bad batch going like, this is for the slightly younger fans, maybe. So, yeah, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we had a second season for sure. But uh, there's one. There's one thing I got to bring up, uh, of course, because we've gone this whole episode without talking about Hera. Um, Hera. Hera is a big character in in Star Wars Rebels. She's arguably one of the main characters and has had many appearances in Star Wars since. Uh, she she had a main role in Star Wars Squadrons, the campaign. Uh, she also had some voiceover cameo appearances. Uh, I forget, maybe it might have been Battlefront Two. Uh, she's been in a couple books now. Like like this character has really been well integrated into Star Wars at this point in time, uh, including the ghost showing up in Episode Nine. Like it's you know she's just been around for a while now. One of the first characters that Disney actually made when they bought the franchise. Like she was you know she and Kanan were two of the first. Right. Uh, so having her show up as a young girl, you know, in this episode and the last, and as well as the show kicking off with a young Caleb Doom, Kanan Jarrus as well. I, I've really loved that. Like, I've quite enjoyed that. I wasn't as much of a fan of Rebels as Clone Wars, but, you know, to say that, like, I still love the characters a lot. And and I don't know. Did you feel like this arc so far has just done her justice as far as giving like an origin story or something like i think so yeah i mean i haven't to be honest i haven't seen rebels i've watched like the highlights of it to get i don't know the gist but i like that it wasn't this wasn't forced at all like it just felt absolutely natural like you could watch this without like watching rebels or any other star wars content and you wouldn't even know that like they're actually just trying to show like a story right who this girl is um But yeah, no, I really liked it. I like Chopper. I like that dynamic. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and one to a viewer who hasn't seen Rebels, which is, you know, I don't know how many people listening haven't haven't seen Rebels, but like it it it's that's a true testament to like how a prequel can fit in and make things make perfect sense when you watch the original thing later, right? Right. Um so for you like going in watching this first time appearance of Hera it, it doesn't feel weird seeing it because, you know, you've never known the character before anyways. And this is designed right. to be this first time experience that you see her anyways. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, I've I enjoyed it a lot. I was like, wow, this is a great way to introduce the character because the way I was introduced to the character was 
uh, a book called A New Dawn. And it was the first ever Star Wars canon book that they made back in 2015 or something like that. And it was like an intro to Hera plus Kanan and how they meet and, and you know, get the crew going kind of thing. And uh, it was okay. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't my favorite book in the world. But, you know, that was my introduction to Hera. And then I watched the show and I was like, oh, uh, okay. It the, the book was for adults. The show was for kids. So, you know, the characters seemed a little bit different than, than they did in the book. But, um, but that was my first kind of intro to that character. And watching this episode with her as a young girl, I was like, this is just so perfect, you know, like it, it makes sense to put her in this, like her cham, her, her dad cham was, was, has always been a character in Clone Wars, even before rebels existed. Uh, and, you know, going back to Ryloth, it just, it just naturally just fits into place to have that character show up. And, uh, you mentioned that her theme song that they play sounds so similar to, to Leia's theme song, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like uh, when, when I was watching, I was like, because I hadn't seen Rebels, I was like, are they, yeah. like, it, does Leia have something to do with Rebels? Or, like, what's the, why do they keep shoving this down our throat? Like, the, but it makes <laughs> sense. Like, they're just trying to reference Rebels in the theme. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rebels was very much stylized to be, like, original trilogy. Like, everything down to the music was, like, heavily influenced by both John Williams and the artistic style was heavily influenced on Ralph McQuarrie's concepts. So, it, it, it's cool to see just, like, the echoes of that show kind of start to pull us towards it in these beginning seasons of the bad batch because you know essentially if you watch everything in order bad batch will kind of lead in that direction um, as far as a lot of the characters we're seeing in this will then later pop up in that show so uh, it's cool to see those references and you know so good to see chopper and everything with um, uh I, I i was just reading about uh her yeah. ship or the ship she gets rescued from is is it in um this episode or the last, like it's like hidden maybe. Um, which, which ship was that? I thought it was like, uh, I just knew I was, I was listening to another podcast actually on star Wars and they were saying how hidden there was like a ship. It was maybe like a B seven or something that like she flies or gets rescued in or something. And it's like hidden in one, in this episode. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I actually didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I could just I could be completely wrong because again I haven't seen Rebels so I don't know what ship they're talking about. Um, right, yeah. a B a B seven? Did you say? Maybe, that... maybe I could be wrong. Interesting. Okay, all right. If anyone out there listening knows, you know, send a tweet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll I'll have to take another another look and and see. A B seven uh, is a ship from Star Wars, but <laughs> apparently B seven ship B seven light fighter. Let's take a look here. Oh, okay. Was that one in the episode? Or maybe it was like last episode. Can't remember. Oh, is it the one that Gobi drives um, up to to get the the weapons or something? Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, I I actually can't remember. I'm just I'm just trying to spitball ideas as to where where that's coming from. That that's interesting though. Um, it's actually been too long since I've gone through Rebels. So if there is a ship that that has a cameo from that in this show i i i don't know if i would catch it <laughs> to right. be honest but no that's that's cool though um if uh if that is the case i feel like there's uh, so many cameos in these shows where like um even in uh mandalorian for example like i think it's the first episode mm -hmm. where we see like one of the the droids like going across the the screen yeah uh, and like his head's like blown off because like that's the one when like R2D2 was selected by Luke and like yeah, or up. the R5 like, unit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching like it was a Mandalorian gallery or something, and they mentioned yeah. that like they spend so much time. It's got like the oil just, stains coming out the yeah, back, just yeah. doing like little Easter eggs and stuff like that. So I can appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, I lo I love that they do all that with with these shows, and um, I feel like see this is this this arc was just such a great example of you know, getting characters that we've seen before, but doing it in a way that just feels good. Whereas like other episodes I've, as much as I've liked some of the appearances that they've had, like some of them have just felt a little like 
did that really need to be that person? (laughs) I don't know. I, I, maybe I've brought it up before on the show, but, uh, but yeah, like, like Bib Fortuna, for example, I was like, okay, like Jabba's lackey, like picking up a, picking up a baby rancor from the Bad Batch. I was like this, I don't know. Okay. I was like, I, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to put up a fuss about it, but it's just uh, like, would this really happen? Like, it's just such a small galaxy when it comes down to anything like that. And uh, right. I'd like, yeah, like almost like useless or pointless cameos, but ones that also really don't make sense. Um, Cad Bane, though, amazing, like great appearance of a cameo. Uh, I've quite liked the addition of Fennec Shand in the in the show as well. Like, I think it's a really also a cool like what we would refer to as an origin story, uh, because uh, the only question I have is how she's managed to look so great for her age like 20 something or 30 years later she just looks the same yeah <laughs> um mind you uh the actress ming is it ming wei chang or something she just she just keeps her looks for for forever i mean uh, right. uh ages very well i guess but didn't she play mulan or something yeah like she that? did yeah she she <laughs> yeah so she voiced uh she voiced the original mulan from the 90s like the disney animated movie. right and, and then like the mom or something and then in the she had like action. a yeah she felt she had like a cameo in in like the uh she had a cameo at the very last scene in mulan and oh, okay. uh she also she also uh played one of the characters on agents of shield uh one of the main character characters in that cast uh but uh, i don't know just the way that like how she looks for her age is pretty, pretty good. So I was like, okay, maybe they're drawing from that because I would expect Fennec to be a little, even a little younger than how she appears to be in the Bad Batch. But right. I don't know. Cause to me, she looked the same and, and it didn't help. She was wearing the exact same costume, but whatever. Yes. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, you guys talked about that. I think a few episodes back would have been yeah. a nice little, little costume switch up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they do it, right? They do it with yeah. Boba. They do it with everyone, right? Like everyone gets a costume change. Even Cad Bane, like he had a costume change for the last season that he was in, intended to be in of Clone Wars and they ended up just recycling it into the show. But um, yeah, characters get costume changes. It's not super uncommon. Like I, I'm kind of surprised that they decided to make the, uh, the uh, choice to keep her in the same clothes for... Uh, close to 30 years i guess it would be yeah so but you know uh it's star wars <laughs> it's right. all fiction anyways i mean uh <laughs> can't complain true uh but uh, something Hero said at the very very end of the episode which i was like oh that's really really cool uh was that she she thanks omega for believing in her and this really kind of hits home with her her character because she's in rebels. She's a bit of like, uh, uh, kind of like the mom character in, in a way of, of the crew of the ghost. And she, she's the one that is normally trusting others and like believing in other people. And, and so it's cool to see how, uh, how something good, like something so pure, like believing in someone can spread, you know, across and and this is essentially like the roots of how a rebellion begins. You know, to begins in the first place is you know, you ins- someone inspires hope in someone else to fight against the enemy, and you know, so on and so forth, and it just spreads like a virus, right? So, you know, what she says there, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like that, that that tells me that Omega and her insistence to get her brothers to uh, to do a favor and rescue Hera's family has had a long-term effect on her and perhaps even a reason why she's doing what she does later in the first place. So that to me was really cool. And I like how they ended off the episode, uh, in, in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were satisfied by what we've seen of her? Like there's nothing else you would have liked to see in her origin story. We'll say. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought they nailed it. I mean, it's um, I I don't expect to see her again. Um, if if we do see her again, and especially in this season, I hope it's a pretty good reason. Uh, right. But you know, they uh, they managed to uh, break her parents out, and you know, now they're. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the show again for sure. But in this season, I don't know if they've got time for that, and if they want to tell other stories, but. 
but yeah, I thought I thought they nailed it. And, you know, and what her mom said at the very end, too, she said, uh, if a war is coming, it will be their fight as much as ours. And, you know, she's talking about the galactic civil war, like just the rebellion right. versus the empire. Like it's this huge thing, which is close to 20 years away at this point or 19 or 18 years away. But it's like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a big thing and it'll take a while to build up to it. But, you know, they, they see it coming because, you know, they're, they're uh, on the right end of the scale, I guess you could say like they, yeah. they got the right, the right perspective as to how this galaxy is going to be when, when uh, the empire fully kind of comes to power. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens next. Crosshairs on the hunt. Uh, did you have any last things you wanted to bring up before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I've just, I like that we're, we're back to Crosshair, right? Like we're back to the storyline we all enjoy, uh, not just a random mission. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I think we will also see Hauser. I think he'll come back in some way, whether he joins uh starts an uprising or something um, but yeah excited thanks for having me on the show thank you darian for coming on the show and joining me talking about star wars it's great it's awesome it's like a, a breath of fresh air every week to uh, sit down with a friend and uh, talk about uh, the latest in a galaxy far far away we hope everyone at home enjoyed today's episode and if you do us the huge favor of giving us a five star rating send this podcast to a friend a fellow star wars fan perhaps and or uh, even leave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you listen on would be a huge help helps with the algorithms helps other people discover the show and then keeps us motivated to keep doing this show so lots of lots of possibilities there to uh, to help us out it's non-profit we don't uh, ask for any donations or anything like that so if you do feel like tossing anything towards us regardless there's a link in the description that'll lead you to a website called world vision and you can get that same money to somebody who actually needs it we got lots of stuff coming up on the show as well as more Bad Batch. There is this endlessly promised episode. I keep talking that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it soon. It's uh, going to be an episode about Force powers and uh, the Force uh, factions or uh, I guess Force religions you could call them. Everything from the Jedi to the Sith to the Night Sisters and beyond is going to be covering all that stuff as well as the mysteries behind the Force, the origins of a lot of this stuff, midi-chlorians, pretty much everything that has to do with the mystics of the force it's going to be in that episode it might have to be a two-parter but you know i'm still working on it and uh, i hope you guys really like that as well looking forward to having you back and as always may the force be with you we'll see you next time